Now, those, I think, are the only colours. And, that's, that's, and I haven't even caught how, a conker here. How, that's pretty how impressive. How, 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 how do you remember that? all those numbers? It's, I'll tell you what. Well, I'll tell you how I know it, because it's, it, there's, a, there's a set of rules. Hello and welcome to episode 78 of Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. And we are live yeah. at the Patchings Art Festival in Nottinghamshire. Absolutely. What a great day, Steve. It's Isn't a lovely it? day. It's very it's hot. I'm going to get a suntan here today. Yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll mm. just sit here and not talk for half an hour, but yeah. we'll get a nice suntan, yeah? I don't yeah? think we'd be very popular, though, do you? Probably not. That? Probably not. And um, we've got a little bit of an audience today. Say hello, audience. <laughs> That's probably not going to come out, is it, on the podcast? Let's crack straight on right. with, uh, with questions, shall we? Yep. I'm so, ready. First one we have here is from Jade. And Jade, Jade says, this is in response to our video podcast, the first one we did. All right. So, um, hi, Jade. She says, hey, guys, just finished watching the video podcast, and wow, what a treat. So enjoyed seeing the voices. Lots of great tips as usual. And I have one question about the pastel debris that you talked about. I understand what Colin means about damaging the tooth of the paper by rubbing the eraser. But if not a regular rubber, then what does he suggest to clean up the mess? A putty eraser, perhaps. Let's start with that. Uh, Because you mentioned last time on the video podcast about when you blow and you Dust, pastel dust goes That's all around the right. picture. You rub it out. That's right. But you, don't, you said don't well, rub it out. I said don't rub it out, didn't I? So yeah. how do you get rid of it? Well, how you do it is you get a lot of blow. First of all, take a big, deep breath. Right? Yeah. Make sure your mouth's dry, because this is important. Yeah. And right in the middle of the subject, you give it a god almighty blow. Shall I demonstrate? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> demonstrate by really blowing really hard and what it happens it disperses everything and believe it or not all that stuff that's on the outside will disappear all over your curtains all over your, your living room table <laughs> in the air in your face all over you yeah but everywhere but it won't be on the picture i guarantee that works uh, years ago when i had my art classes and the workshops this used to be a common problem and you say colin and I used to go along, uh, how do I get rid of this? And I really made sure my mouth was dry. It's all right spitting on my work, but their work <laughs> wouldn't work. So I got almighty blow, and they used to go, wow. And it worked every time. As I said, if you use uh, an eraser, you're going to disturb the surface of the paper, and then that's going to... St- more pa- the more pastel that you put on is going to stick to it. Yeah. And you're causing a problem. And uh, if... By any chance, it doesn't work, and you do end up... I think the best thing to do is put up with it, to be honest. Because when you put the background on, that dust is going to disperse. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Now, the other question about the putty rubber. Yeah, maybe using a putty rubber instead. The the problem with the putty rubber is, even the paper Gassel one, which is a good one, you tend to leave a residue behind. They can be sticky, can't they? Yeah. And some of the putty rubbers, I don't know whether the audience has, has ever had any of these, but you can, they, they're like, literally like putty, and they leave a residue on it, and it, you, 
once it's on there, you can't get it off. It's okay. like an oily residue. So I would strongly advise Jay to think twice about using uh, but, Okay, so avoid the putty eraser. I don't think there's any need to. I mean, I've, I, I've been doing this for a long, long time, as you know, and I've never had a problem with that because I do what I told you. I don't mm. rub it out. Just blow. I have. I, in the first, when I first started out, I used to rub out. Okay. And it doesn't work. And you're going to spoil the picture. You're going to spoil the background, which is awful. Yeah. So sorry, Jay, but uh, oh, okay, that's good. No, it's good. Um, it's a good question. Thanks for picking that up. Uh, just to finish off your email, I've always thought of it as uh, a much less abrasing, uh, ab- abrasive erasing method. That's using the putty rubber. Yeah, uh, and that's true. It would be, but I still think, as I said, that would. Yeah, I'd advise against it. Mm. You've only got to say something like that. You see, oh, you use your putty rubber, and someone's got one of these horrible ones out the pound land or pound shop, you know, which is horrible, sticky, horrible gums, and they'll use one of them, mm. and that I will get it in the neck. <laughs> I'll have emails and suing. I mean, you for said drawing the picture. Said, in the yeah. No. So keep okay. keep well away from them. Great. They're okay. I mean, I you know, I use a putty rubber for dabbing out um, unwanted pastel, and I use it to very good effect, and people have seen that. That's what they're there for, really. They're not really used as erasers. I mean, it, when you think of, say, putty rubber, it sounds as though you're It's an eraser, it. yeah. Uh, but it actually, it, it's relieving pastel and taking pastel off unwanted pastel. That's what I use it for, anyway. Okay, great. Okay. Thanks very much, Jade. That's yeah, well, thanks question. for the question. That's a great question. Okay. Well, let's. Should we? Should we head into our oh, studio no. audience? That'll be good. Now, I've had a request not to film them. Though. They don't want to be filmed. We can't turn the camera around. No, but you'll viewers. have their lovely voices, okay. which would be nice. Shall I? Shall I go to the audience? <laughs> I think you better go off. Leave Who me, wants to first? Me, I'll, I'll entertain them, Steve, while you're gone. Okay, let's go over. Let's go over to one of our studio audience members. You can still hear um, me, but you probably can't well, see me. Uh, Steve's the... on his way over, and uh, here we are. We have the first question. Oh, there we are. First question from Jean. Do you remember what you? Yes. Yes. Hi, Colin. I'm working on a black dog, and I'm working from a photograph. And within the photograph, a lot of the shading is in blue. Right. How do I work? Actually, you know, change that because <laughs> yep. if I give this dog. To the person that okay. I'm doing it for, uh, yeah. I say, this is not my dog. You don't want a blue dog. Oh, he just wants blue <laughs> shading around his eyes. No, no, and I know what you mean. I tell you, uh, the, 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 it's a great question. Uh, and uh, the problem you have there is in the photography or the printer. Now, when you, when you have a photograph taken, you've just got a bias to it. And that bias can sometimes be blue, it can sometimes be orange or brownish. Uh, now, the problem you've got is you know your dog isn't that colour. So what you try to do is to change it. Um, my advice is not to change it too drastically because all the other colours that you're copying through will also change it's best to keep on the bias that you have however what i would do in a situation like that is i would temper that blue i wouldn't put it on as you see it in the photograph um certainly if you're using black you're going to be using gray definitely going to be using gray and i would suggest what you do there is you use the uh the warm grays rather than the bluey grays there that will give you a little bit of a swing back when it comes to putting the blue on, as I'm going to tell you to do later on. On the on conversely to that, if it had an orange, sometimes they have a browny orange tint to the black 
If that was the case, you could even get away with using the bluey greys there, which again, tilt it back, you know, pulls the bias back. Anyway, let's go back onto the grey. You build it up, you start with your... uh, If it's the dark part of the animal, which it probably is if it's got the bluey there, you're starting with your grey, and that's going to be the 273, which... I suggest it's the, the warm grey. That's the warm grey, yeah. That's the one that goes on first. Because you don't want too many undercolours, otherwise you're never going to get the black on. After that, I would probably go to a 181. Now, 181 directly on top of 273. 181 is a bluey grey. You see what I mean? So we're kind of tilting the balance. One, we've got a warm grey, now we've got a bluey grey going on. And you'll get a, a, a nice neutral colour there. Once that's on, that is the time when you would put the blue in. Don't put it on top of the black. It goes on top of... It goes between... It sandwiches between the 181 and the black. Uh, And I wouldn't put too much on. You could try this on spare paper. You know, I always recommend it, don't I? I always recommend... Try it on spare paper first, just to see how it works. And if it works okay, then apply it to your animal. Apply it to, you know, the, the part that is showing up as blue that way you're following the photograph you're following the bias you're following all the, the, with all of the other colours you're going to be putting in uh, so having, having done that you can then put the black on top of it uh, you'll be using your, your blenders anyway and you'll find that blue will basically disappear but it'll still be there as an undertone so you're kind of following the rules uh, but I certainly wouldn't put the blue on top. If you put the blue back on top of it, that's going to wear. You'll have a you'll have a problem. Does that's, that answer your question? I mean, it's it's what I would do in a situation like that. That's really interesting. Oh, I'm glad of that, Steve. Because what we've what we spoke me not being an artist and only learning from what we've done. Yeah. Um, what you've said before in the past is that pictures usually have a tone of warm or cool. That's right. And then you would depend. That would depend on the undertones that you put. So you put warm greys or, or ivories or ochres, mm. or you'd put the cool greys, the the, the colder greys on as a base to make it more bluey, mm. warm or cold. But with a black, especially this kind of picture, you're playing with those tones. You are indeed. Well, what I'm saying, you see, is the problem you have if you've got um, a lot of blue on the picture reference picture you've got you don't want that blue to show through otherwise you've got a blue dog you don't want a blue dog yeah you kind of accept it if it's a a photograph it was a photograph of your dog it was a lovely photograph and it had a blue haze to it you kind of accept that but in artwork you don't have to do that you don't have to accept that so what we're doing is saying get rid of the blue however i still think you've got to use blue and the way i've told you but then use the warmer greys to, to... There isn't a great deal of difference. If you look at warm grey 273 and cool grey 233 on paper, it's hard to tell them apart. Really, yeah. The, the warm grey has naturally got a sort of more earthy bias, and the warm grey 233 has got a slightly more uh, bluey bias. Slightly not a lot. So what I'm saying is that you, Jajin, is you switch that back. You, you, you make it kind of it's like... Uh, it's like a dial and you've got warm yeah, and cool yeah, and you're kind of you, keeping it to yeah, the neutral side rather than one or one on the other. Blue and you're sticking blue and you're using 
181, which is a bluey grey, Payne's grey is bluey grey. You're using a bluey gr- undertone bluey grey, and then you're using blue on it. You're really pushing the boat out there. I suggest that the 273 would work. I mean, not in every case. Yeah. I wouldn't say this across the board. I'm saying that this particular one, I would try it. Try and see. Try and see. See how it goes. That's interesting. And get back to me if you, if you do and say, Colin, this works. Or, and then I'll tell everybody. Or if Colin... it doesn't work, I won't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, you can ask another question. You have to go over there. Hang on, dear. <laughs> Obviously, with the black dogs, I'm experimenting. What base colours do you recommend to start with? A grey, a warm grey, as his base colour, bring him up to black? Right. Come back, I'll tell you. Not running uh, around today. This is, the, this is one of the most difficult uh, colours you can do, uh, you, apart from red, as you know, if you've done the poppy. Um, if you're using uh, black, you've got to use grey. You have to. You haven't got any choice. Any undercolours, any other undercolours would, would, just wouldn't work. You have to neutralise to start with. And I would use, this is how I would do it, on a, a shine, you know, you, sometimes you get a, a shine on an animal, or a, um, which is very light. It actually looks white or very, very light. I put white there. That's where I put it, just on that bit. On the, the, the next area down, which is like a, a lighter colour, but not white, Oh, not white like a shine and, and deep black. I would there, I would use the lighter grey. When you get down to the black, you then use the 273, if you're using on the, on the or the 233, depends on which way you want to go with this. But I would say 273 is the safer one to put on, always put on underneath. So that colour goes on. And then I would use, then I would use... 181 if you've got a blue bias okay to your picture or a 175 if you've got a warm bias because if you've got if you've got a, a, a 175 because you could say well if you've got a um, I've seen colours and I've used colours where we've used a lot of brown especially I did a collie a while ago you know you've got black and white collie and the collie had ochre colour in it too now, if he's got ochre colour, you've got a clash with blue. You don't want to put blues anywhere near it. So in a case like that, I would use white for the white, obviously. And then I could use the 273 and the 270 even to tone down the white so you don't make it all white. The same colours then can be used as undertones for the, the black. So where the, as I said, where the white is, you put the, uh, the, the white, sorry, where the shine is, you put the white. And then kind of like, sometimes you get between uh, the shine and the sort of mid-tone dark black, if you know what I mean. You'll know what I mean if you saw an animal. You get the kind of, I suppose if you looked at four different tones within that black, First of all, it's white. Secondly, it would be the lighter grey. And on top of that lighter grey, you would then put the 273 darker grey. Then you would put the probably uh, 175 or a little bit of black. But you'd have to be careful there because you're putting it on top of light colours. But remember, when you put the light colours on, when you put the dark colours on top, it's going to weaken those dark colours. That's the idea of it. That's what we're looking for here. But when you've got the third tone, which is kind of neither really black or, you know, sometimes you get a really deep, dark colour, 
So this is the one in between there. You would then put the mid-grey on, which is 273. Then you would put 275 if it's the, uh, a warm bias or a brownie bias, or 181 if it's got a blue bias. You see, see where I'm coming? I mean, it should work, okay. be working out with you. For, you see how I'm working with it. Now, if you've got the, 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 the black itself, I would use then 273, 175, and the black directly on top of it. Having said all that, with this collie going back to her, see how complicated this can be. I tell you, black. When you've got a collie dog, where where you've got the the um, the ochres there, you can then put a colour like one double seven instead of one seven five, because that will give you a slightly richer black when the black goes on. It's all playing. You, you play around. I tell you what, most. Uh, most of the colours that I've told you are on either on YouTube or on a member site. So you'll be able to pick those out and pick them up. Who would have uh, thought black would be so complicated? I, well, I told you, but black is a devastating colour. And you, I've told so many times. I, I've, I've explained this on, uh, on the podcast and on YouTube and on, on what I'm doing, the pictures I do. Black is a darkening agent. That's yeah. all it can be used for. If you put it on directly, I've never used it directly onto black. You know, we did the cow recently. I don't know, you've seen the cow yet, have you, folks? No, because I haven't no. put it on there yet. <laughs> well, when you get to see the cow, <laughs> yeah. uh, which we talked about on the podcast, didn't we? Yes, we did. Um, when you see that cow, um, there are only the two colours on that. Now, the reason that I put 273 to start with. And then I put the black on. And the reason being it was so small. The cow's only this big. Now, you can't fiddle about too much with them. You start putting colour after colour after colour, you're in trouble. So th- in situations like that, you've got to be more positive. Okay. That's really... But even Good. then, I didn't put black directly on. Okay. Excellent. Oh, should, we, should we jump on to another question I think it's probably a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> got your money's worth today. You did, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. Next question. Christine. A bird picture with autumn leaf colours on it, a birch leaf. How do you get the colours for the autumn colours? Autumn colours? Yeah. Ah, well, <clears throat> that's nice and easy because if you go back to the uh, walk through the autumn mist, is it? Uh, yes, walk in the autumn mist walk, is it? A... Walk in the autumn mist. Go back to that on the member site and look at that. That's got all the autumn colours on there. And I You've can't got trees, haven't were. you? Autumn yeah, trees in yeah. that one. Go, go back onto that and check it out it doesn't matter it'd be the same colour the same basically the same colours again I think you're looking really at ivory as your base colour and grey as your base colour now the grey there will be 270 so if you think of 103 which is your ivory and the 270 which is the grey both of those two colours would be very good base colours if you use it, if you've got a lighter colour like the you know the golden colours that you get with autumn, uh, ivory would be an ideal colour because that will then uh, make the, the the yellows and the oranges that you're going to put on register better. Uh, by using the grey, that would weaken them a little bit. But when you've got the stronger colours like the dark browns and the richer ochres that you've got, grey is a good colour there. Why? I asked Stephen, asked me, he hasn't done it, but he's going to. Why do you do that, Colin? Well, the reason. Why do you do that, Colin? <laughs> you asked me that question. It's all right. No, the reason I do that is because if you use those rich colours, that's too strong. It'll come out and go, ooh, put your sunglasses on. By putting the grey on first at 270, it, it, it pulls the colour back a little bit. So when those other colours go on, they are tempered. 
I'll come, with, I'll come, come with the bike. On the picture, it's got a conker at the bottom. A conker? A conker. Uh, How do you get the shine onto the brown uh, and without uh, making it? That's a good question. It's a very good question. Ooh, conkers, eh? Can I, have we got time for Shine that, on a conker. Go on, then. <laughs> we haven't got two more questions. We've got more questions I know, as we've well. got a lot Go more, on. yeah. Well, I tell you what, that's easy. It, it, the conker is quite good because you've got a very rich burnt umber in that, you know. Uh, no, burnt sienna, sorry. Burnt sienna burnt is sienna. a great colour, yeah. right. 283, burnt sienna in that. But what you've got to do with that, believe it or not, you put the grey on again. 270 grey, exactly the same as the autumn leaves. Same idea. What you do is you put your white on the shine to start with, then you put the 270 around it, just as we were talking black with the black dog, and you'd put that on, and that will go all over this time, except if you've got the conker, a part of the conker is really dark, almost to the point of being black, and I imagine it could well be if it's in shadow, uh, you wouldn't put the 270 on that part. That part, you put the 273. You get, you're getting is that like a mid-grey? Is that, is that a mid-grey? Yeah, 273. So you've got the light grey and mid-grey. You're looking at white for the shine, the uh, lighter grey, 270, for the, the bit in between, all the ochre, rich ochre colours, and then where you've got the black or the very, very dark colour, you put 273 on. For the same reason I've just mentioned it, if you put the colours of the conker on, which is the burnt siennas and the oranges and so on, it's going to be too rich. Exactly the same as the leaf. So you've got to think of it in the same way as that. Good. And then you'd put on top of the conker, you'd put the, I imagine... 186 or 187 would be a really good colour to put on top of that. And I'd put it directly on top of the grey. Then I'd put two... I'd probably put the orange, 109. Don't think you'd need 113. 109 would work. And then graduate that through to 283, which is burnt sienna. Then you would need 177 and black. Now, those, I think, are the only colours. And, that's, that's, and I haven't even got how, a conker here. How, that's pretty impressive. How, 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 how do you remember that? all those numbers? It's, I'll tell you what. Well, I'll tell you how I know it, because it's, it, there's, a, there's a set of rules. Uh, you know, and I mean, you've been I doing it for 30 down, years. But they are rules that I have in my head. I know instinctively. People ask me, and I know you've all done before, you know, how do you, how do you work out these colours in the first? When you get those rules, it's easy because you think, oh, I know I can't do that. I've got to do that. Hmm. But the reason I know that is because I've made all those mistakes. I've yeah. done all the things I've told you you shouldn't do. I've done them. Yeah. Good. I hope that will work, though. Excellent. Who's next? Have we next. got time for any more? Yeah. Yes. Wendy. Uh, mine's about framing. Uh, framing, yep. Is there any reason people choose to have a professional person to mount the pictures rather than buying a frame themselves? Mm. Yeah. Good, good there question. There is, yeah. They're very, good re- very good question, actually. Um, okay. This, this all comes down to price, really. If you're a a struggling amateur artist and someone comes along and says, I'd like you to paint my dog, and you say, oh, uh, that'll be fine, that'll be £100, or whatever. Let's say it's £100. If you had that professionally framed, it costs you £50 plus. Uh, How much are you getting out of that? Not a lot. So I think it's a question of degrees. On the other hand, if you've just done a £500 painting for someone and you go to um, Wilkinson's, or Poundland, and get a cheap frame. First of all, you're not doing the painting any good. 
So that's the kind of extremes, one extreme to the other extreme. I would always say to you, if you can afford it, have it professionally framed. The other reason for that is, as a framer myself, because I started off framing pictures, my own pictures and others, um, you start off with the, fra- the, with the, the image... You work your image out, first of all. That's the image I want to project inside the mount. You then go from that picture outwards. You decide on the size of the mount. Uh, And usually, it's a good idea to have the two sides and the top one. Let's say, for instance, five centimetres, just for instance. The bottom can be heavier. It gives a bit more weight to the bottom. So therefore, you'd probably go to six centimetres. I'm I'm only quoting these off the top of my head. For about an A4 picture, that would be about right size-wise. And then you'd also think, I'd like this double-mounted. Now, we know that pastel can touch the glass if you're not careful. So it's always a good idea to have it double-mounted. Now, you can do that, but sometimes it's difficult to find that as a ready-made frame. Not impossible, because I know Wilkinson, we saw some the other day, didn't we, in Wilkinson, that have got double mounts. And then, once you've got that dimension, that is very, very rarely can that be a standard ready-made frame size. Therefore, you then have to have it properly framed, a bespoke framed. But that's going to cost money. So you, you've always got to work it's it out. Money comes into money comes into it. I'm afraid it? money has to come into it. You, you can't. It's no point in you paying someone giving you a hundred pound for a picture. You spending seventy or eighty pound making it look absolutely super duper. I think you feel a bit cheated out of that. Ooh, you know. I mean, the person's you... going to be absolutely delighted because I guarantee it's going to look stunning. But you've got to be careful. Could you negotiate that beforehand? Could you say to them? That doesn't include the framing price. If you want it framed, I can arrange that for you. That is what I actually do. Okay. That's what I do. I send the, fr- the picture off to people. Without they being framed. They make the decision, not me. Yes. Okay. But that you could say, if you were starting out, you could say, uh, if you had a framer that you could know you could do the job, you could say, this is my price to get it, the picture done. Uh, I can get you a quote for it to be framed. And then they can go into the shop and decide what frame they want. Or something like that. that you know, if it's all up, local, that's absolutely right, Stephen. That brings up a really good point too, because people um, have a certain decor in there. So they know where they're going to put it. Yeah. Say it's going into their living room. They know, you know, they've got red walls and a, you know, a, a wallpaper on one side. Whatever they've got, they know what they've got. They know what colour frame will go on. Now, if you framed it for them. And you it could end up with a with a black frame. It might look really nice with a black, but it wouldn't go with anything else. Yeah. So that's the reason I actually don't do it. I give them the picture and say, "There's the picture. Thank you. There's my hundred pound or whatever. You know, whatever fifty pound or whatever you charge." Mm-hmm. And I, I've left it to you because of that reason. And you can put that to them and say, "Look, look. Because of that reason, you know what you like. You know how much you can afford to spend it. You know the value of the picture I've given you." Great. I think that covers a very good point, Good question. Really good question. Great question. Okay. Well, um, I think we'll call it a day there with this bumper edition of uh, of video podcast. This is one of the hottest days we've had this year so far, isn't it? I think it's got to be. You're going to get a sunstroke. Yeah. Do you know what we've got coming tomorrow, though? What we've got coming tomorrow? Well, on Saturday and Sunday, we've got typhoons and thunderstorms. Oh, that's lovely. All over the country. I think we picked picked a good day to to come. Yeah, there's no thunderstorms today. Absolutely not. 
Okay, so if you've got a question for the podcast, you can uh, go to our website, colinbradleyart.co.uk, and click the contact page at the top. And it'd be really great if you could leave us a positive review on iTunes. It only takes a minute. And um, subscribe as well, so you can get each new episode sent to you every week. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe to Dad's YouTube channel, Colin Bradley Art. And um, we'll have some more video podcasts coming soon. That's right. Get back to work now, can't you? I, I guess I've got to go and do some more work, folks. <laughs> do some more demonstrating. Yes. Okay, well, that's it for this week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Steve Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week.